Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction simulcasts on Stadium 32.3-133 and LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. The day has arrived, but before we get to... NFL draft talk, I threw out the suggestion that the Astros, after doing the Braves a favor, because they were getting ahead of themselves, that the Astros could be up for humanitarian team of the year if they do what I thought or I was hoping they would do against the Rays. And just think about the credentials for that award this week, these last couple days. The Rays went into this series on a historic offensive run. They they were the first team. They I mean they were just lapping the field in run like their their their, their run differential was just incredible. They were just crushing everyone. Not only had they hardly lost, but no one has hardly even come within two or three runs of them. They were had, you know, hit a home run and it set the record for all the home runs that they hit to start a season. It was just unbelievable. So not, you know, they were entering a very dangerous situation. And so the Astros stepped in and said, look, we're going to help y'all out. Um, and, and it's unbelievable. It was a, almost more than I expected because they went into the series entering a danger zone because they were so hot offensively, and they left the series due to score. I mean, this is like an unbelievable metamorphosis here. You enter this series on a historic offensive tear, and you leave the series... Due to score runs, can you? I mean, is that seriously? Was that even on any? That wasn't even on my mind. I, I think the Astros just. I mean, they, 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 they were in a danger zone, and they leave the series due to with the Piper on their side. I mean, that's just tremendous job by the Astros. And so, look, um, going into these nine games. They went 7-2 against the Blue Jays, the Braves, and the Rays. And, and, and you know, the, Jay, the, the, the Braves were getting a little too hot. Little, you know, they had too many wins. The Braves had too many wins for their current situation. So the Astros helped them out, and now they've helped the Rays out where they can calm down. They kind of come back down to earth. Again, when you get into – look, the higher you go – the harder the fall. And so the, the Astros did the Rays an inc- and the Braves uh, an, an incredible, um, you know, good gesture, but not letting them get too high. You, you, can't, you can't let that happen because the higher you go, the harder the fall. That's just the way it is. Ask Ole Miss. Um, all right, NFL draft day. I'd like to say... 
that I'm less confused than yesterday. I have some different thoughts from yesterday. But I don't know that I'm less confused. For As for the Saints, and again, we need your help today. N- not, not that any of us know. I just would like to know that I'd like to, like, continue finally. I mean, this is it. We got to say today, if you're going to do a mock draft, you got to, um, if you are, at least you're going to make a prediction on the Saints or whatever, you, 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 um, you got to, you know, consider as many different ways of thinking and decide which one you believe. And so today's the final day. So I'd love to hear all the different ways. Do we, is it, I've, for years from now, years ago, I used to think it was cheesy. Oh, I don't know if cheesy is the right word, but I don't know how to predict to predict trades in a mock draft. I, I for years I never predicted trades in a mock draft. I don't know that I ever have, but I'm thinking about it, and you know, it hit me. We were just talking about it before. It hit me. Right now, the biggest question is, what are the Texans going to do? Like, if you're doing a mock draft, that's like the number one. Like, what are the Texans going to do? And I saw one mock draft today, and I said, you know what? That makes sense. That's what they should do. The Texans ought to pick, you know, whatever best defensive player they have, they want, at two and then trade their 12 up to three and pick the quarterback and have the second and the third pick. That's what the Texans should do. Like, why not? Like, what are you waiting for at 12? Well, what you give up to get up to three would be what you're waiting for, I'd imagine. <sighs> Man, boy, you, but that's a big impact you could make, though. If you hit those two picks, if you hit your quarterback, if you want, or if you just if they're if everyone's really right that they're willing to wait on a quarterback, I mean, you could get Wilson and Anderson, the two biggest. Or you know, unless you want Carter, but I I would think Carter would slip just because of his situation a little more. But I mean, I'm if I was I mean, Wilson and Anderson could help that defense, could help it a lot. So if I'm them. I kind of like that idea. I don't know that I've considered that idea, really. Now, I mean, I've considered them picking quarterback at 12, but um, the Titans, to me, need a trade-up. Um, and I think I, I, I kind of like that idea of the Texans trading up. So do you feel any – do you have a better idea of an answer of what the Texans are going to do? or Because I'm just as confused. I really don't know. I'm – I. I I kind of bought it, and now I'm I'm thinking, are you gonna? Wh- which one are you gonna feel more like an idiot if you get it wrong? That you bought it or didn't buy it? About Stroud? Yeah, about the whole they're they're gonna pass on a quarterback at two. Oh, I think they're passing on a quarterback at two. I'm I've bought it, so I guess I would feel. I definitely think they're passing on a quarterback at two. Again, they have 12. Now, the other thing I've started to think is I think Hooker is probably the better value of the five if you can get him later. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be able to get him later because, you know, he might go 12. He might go 10. But if you can get Hooker at the back end of the first and, you know, especially into that area where you still get the fifth-year option but you don't have to give up a top-10 pick for him, 
I still think he has the potential to be the best value at the spot. But if somebody takes him 12 or 15 and, you know, they're taking the other guys right in the same area, then, you know, that changes things. Hmm. Well, I just... I guess... I guess the commanders could always pick a quarterback because they don't really have one. Um, But I don't see the Steelers doing that again. People keep suggesting the Lions... Now, the Yucks could pick a quarterback. In and, fact, and somebody can trade down into these spots, too, is my other thought process. The other, the other team that I'm really sh- kind of struggling with is the Falcons. Like, what are the Falcons going to do? I, I, you know, I've seen, a lot of people have them cornerback. A lot of people have one of the edge rushers. And you know what the you know what the popular pick right now is of late. The popular pick of late is that the Falcons are going to pick Bajon Robinson. That that's that that's that's the popular pick of late that I've seen in the recent mock draft. Yeah, I, a lot I, of people have Bijan going to the Falcons. The more I've seen and heard, I don't think Bijan falls out of the top 15, and I'm not sure he falls out of the top 10. I just think somebody, you know, this this draft, I don't think I don't think that, you know, the consensus is that this draft has a ton of can't-miss guys at the top, and I think people actually view him as one of the can't-miss guys. Oh, absolutely. You know, when, when you're just, when, when, when you're asking, and we've all asked ourselves, are the Saints going to trade up? Because it seems to happen all the time. Um, I think the, the most uh, common thought that I've heard about this draft is that this draft has about, about half of the first round or first round players. So about half of the first round, you're picking a second-round grade player in the first round. And probably three or four of the quarterbacks are second- or third-round talents that you're picking in the first round. So think about how in the first, if there are four quarterbacks to if, if there are four quarterbacks taken, say, in the top 16, probably – out of that top 16, you only probably have 11 or 12 true first-round talents that are being taken. Um, and so what I'm saying by that is if you're the Saints and it gets to 20, 22, 23, and there's one first-round talent left on that's on your board as a first-round grade, then, yeah, I think that increases the chance of them trading up to get him, especially if it's in one of the few need areas that the Saints have. I think they'll move up. I, I And that's another thing I've kind of just this week has kind of dawned on me. I'm seeing a clearer picture in my head, too, you know, as we've gotten closer. I think they're trading up. It might only be three spots, four spots, but I think they're moving up. And Mickey Loomis suggested as much yesterday that they have the ability to, which he, you know, that's what they like doing. And I think they're going to have a guy they like because they always do, and they don't wait around. And if just, it's not Bashawn Robinson, who do you think it is? One of the defensive linemen. I don't know which one it'll be, but I think it'll be one of the defensive linemen. Uh, and I don't know if it'll be inside or outside. I think it could be. Now, are you including Murphy in that deal, or are you talking about Brzee or um, 
Adabare. I think Brzee, Adabare. I think Cansey's in the discussion. I think... I don't uh, see how Cansey's in the I discussion. I think Maisie Smith's in the discussion. I think it could be any of those guys. I, I, I would lean towards the bigger, you know, the prototypical Saints approach. But I, I just think they like one. I, I don't know for sure, but I just imagine they like one of those guys, and I don't think they're going to chance losing them, especially when they have extra picks this year, which is in a situation they've actually. The funny thing is they've been moving up in recent years when they didn't have anything to move up with, and they've just been finding ways to move up. Now they actually have options to move up, so I, I think they will. But why? Again, I'm not saying Cansey can't be a good player. But what about Cansey? Like the Saints have never drafted a guy like that. No, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like think it'll be him. I'm just saying I think it's going to be one of those guys. The other thing is the whole Lucas Van Ness thing. You know, I saw a mock today yeah. that had the Saints picking him, but I'm I like, I, 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 some people have him going as high I as like 11. ten. I saw eleven today. Yep, that's yeah. the one I've been seeing. Top fifteen. So. I, I, is he really gonna like like again? If he drops, he, he's a perfect example. See, I don't, I don't. Murphy looks like a bust to me, but that doesn't mean the Saints agree with me on that. Let's say Murphy or Van Es drop to the twenties, I could see them trading up, and the I, I, I would be surprised if they traded up for Adabare. But something tells me, I don't know. The more the week goes on, something tells me they like Brzee. I like his long-term potential. I, I kind of feel about him as I do Mr. Rankings. I did not want the Saints to pick Rankings and they did. And I you know and I and I um you know he had to he earned my my deal but I my respect and I ended up changing his his nickname to Mr. Rankings. Um but and I kind of think Brzee I, I don't know. Something tells me that they're higher on him than, than I think. Speaking of nicknames, before we get to our first time out, a new nickname happened yesterday. So just to get for the just so, you know, even if, like it or dislike it, we have a new nickname that we're going to be referring to someone as. And I'm going to tell you what the nickname is and you're going to. Um, Dawson's going to know for sure right away, and many of you will know right away. Baby Verlander is the new nickname because that's what he is. Is he good? God. That cat, I would call him Bulldog, um, but, you know, I, I, that's too that's too general. So Baby Verlander, I'm not going to say he was born yesterday, but you could argue he was born yesterday. So that, that's a new Astro nickname. We'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. We have with us Mr. Stevie P. How are you, sir? Well, I'm doing good, uh, Kevin. I mean, you know, Maurice Field DeBond, right? The 20 game uh, hitting streak, and, you know, the NFL draft tonight. So, what's there not to be excited about? All right. Before we get to the NFL draft, 
I came up with a new nickname for an Astro player today, Baby Verlander. I like it. I like it. I mean, you know, look, he was, and obviously for those that don't know, Hunter Brown is obviously the guy that you're talking about. He was he was exceptional uh, last night. I mean, and and the thing about him is his kind of mentality, which is why I like, you know, your nickname. He 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 throws similar to Verlander. I mean, his delivery, his stuff, but also kind of his mentality. I like that out of the uh, out on the field. And uh, you know, a scary thing for the rest of the league. Happy for for people like like me and you. I think that cat cat's only going to get better. I really do. He was Ooh. exceptional last night. He's really, really good. Uh, yes. uh, all right. So the first question I have to ask, and I should first question should be the Saints, but in terms of a mock draft, which are are you buying that the Texans aren't picking a quarterback? Yes, because it's the Texans, and it's D'Amico Ryan, and uh, he's a defensive guy. And, you know, the Texans have always been – look, uh, uh, a lot of people thought they were going to pick, you know, R- Reggie Bush the year that he came out. They it, 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 And, you know, Bush was, you know, good for the Saints, but it wasn't like they passed on a, you know, a Hall of Famer. You know, uh, they picked David Clowney instead, who had, you know, a, a, a nice career. But it, it's, it's the Texans. And, uh, you know, I really do think another thing, too, is they're looking at this, and, and, and I don't want to say that they're tanking this year, but uh, I could really see a scenario where they say, okay, well, we can have maybe Cam Williams next year. Let's load up on defense right now because the Miko Ryans is a defensive guy. Now, do I think that they should take a quarterback? Yeah, because I don't care how good of a defensive end you have, whether it be Will Anderson or whoever. Uh, you know, it's not a franchise-changing position like the quarterback position, but maybe they look at these guys too and say, okay, well, we don't trust you know, C.J. Stroud. We don't trust Will Levis. We like the quarterbacks coming out next year better. So, I, yes, I, I'm very much buying it, and I think they're going to do the same thing, and they're going to take Will Anderson at, uh, at number two if a trade is not involved. All right. Have you narrowed down um, – like, if you were going to say, I got a four-man stable of what I think the Saints are going to pick, one, how many positions are out of <coughs> – those four excuse me and who are the four well i was convinced uh a few days ago and look we're like everybody else we we kind of tend to overthink things and and i'm still convinced that general managers and personnel directors kind of do the same thing uh miles murphy is still a guy that i think is if he's there the saints are going to take him you know they lost marcus davenport who had a disappointing career but the bottom line he's they still need somebody to take up the slack to get to the passer. You know, and, and, and he's an edge rusher. But I started looking at it, and I said, well, wait a minute here. You know, I, it's kind of like with, with you where you think that, you know, nobody's going to be – nobody's going to drop. You know, even though you got 60 guys, none of them's going to drop to, 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 to 29. And, again, you look at the positions that NFL teams most desire, and it's quarterback, it's left tackle – it's cornerback and it's edge rusher. And and the more I looked at it, I, I right now, right at this moment, I would say that he's not going to be available at number twenty nine because he's an edge rusher and he's a good one. And I I, I just I, I don't see him falling that far. But if he is, I think the Saints will take him at number twenty nine. So I, I would put him at top of the list, 
Number two is Kalijah uh, Kansi, the defensive tackle from Pittsburgh. You know, he's visited the Saints a few times already. He's a guy that uh, that could, you know, uh, I, I think come in and be a rotation type of player uh, right away. He's a little bit on the smaller side, but yet at the same time, uh, he has the ability to maybe play a couple of positions on that defensive line because of that. Very versatile. He's a good football player. You know, I'm telling you, I really do think that one of the top guys is going to kind of fall a little bit, and I think that guy is going to be Joey Porter Jr., who I like, by the way. You know, and and I know that he's picked up a lot more juice, a lot of buzz, whatever as of late. But again, there's only so many guys that are going to be picked in. You know, the top 28 picks, somebody has to fall. And because a lot of quarterbacks are going to be taken, because some edge rushers are going to be taken, like, you know, Miles Turner and, and Will McDonald, somebody has to fall, and he might be that guy. And number four, I'm with you on this. I think the Saints could use a tight end, but don't take one in the first round. I, I, I just think the guys that they have right now for the next two years are going to be better than anybody else that they're going to take. But Sam Laporta, the, 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 the tight end from, from Iowa, uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, again, kind of like Porter. He's picked up a lot of uh, a lot of people talking about him as of late. I think he's probably worked himself into the into the into the first round. <laughs> him and Luke Musgrave are the two tight ends who could end up going near the end of the first round. And I think Laporta probably better fits the Saints than does Musgrave. So, yes, yeah, so four. There's your four, Cat. Cool. The man is stuck on Joey Porter. <laughs> Why you hate him? Now, look, I love cornerbacks. And, you know, my um, just the, the single biggest factor, the single biggest thing that has made me so frustrated over the last two years with all the injuries is that the Saints, I've waited my whole life. As a Saints fan, my entire life as a Saints fan, I've waited for this moment where the Saints actually have plus cornerbacks for the first time ever. They finally have a stable of legitimate cornerbacks that could win a Super Bowl and everything else went injured and fell apart. I mean, it's unbelievable to me. (laughs) Like if the Saints had this stable of cornerbacks in 2011, they would have won the Super Bowl by double digits going away. No question. No question. I mean, but they had no cornerbacks. Even the Super Bowl year, they had no (laughs) cornerbacks. Nope. But it's also a league now where cornerbacks are more and more valuable every year because of the type of passing attacks. And Porter, look, I, I say that he's a possibility for the Saints at number 29, and I think he is. Just that, though, a possibility. Also, I think he can go in the top 20 because I like him. And no, I like him. It would shock I, me if he goes in the top 15. No, I'm just no, saying I, that he's one of those players I think that can drop. I, um, you know, but I say all that to say they, they, this is, they've never had the kind of depth at cornerback that they have now, so why would they pick a cornerback? Because he's the best player on the board. And I think that's what you do in the draft, especially at number 29. You don't worry a whole lot about positions, even though here I am talking about, you know, maybe the Saints drafting a a tight end, which is a little bit of a need. But I do think at number 29, when you have a top 15 talent available, like Joey Porter Jr., you take him. Again, you know, a lot of these 
you know, Eagle fans and people all over the place. Me too. I'm not, you know, I'm not a, uh, you know, uh, I freely admit I'm a hypocrite about some things. When the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round, I was like, what are they doing? You know, they got, you know, he just signed, you know, Carson Wentz to this max extension. What are they doing? They took him because they said he was the best player on the board. Saying, I don't, I, 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 you can never argue with taking the best player on the board. No, I, I, well, you, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and it, that's sound, a sound statement. But, like, if the best player on the board to me is a cornerback, I just don't know if you can afford to do that right now. No, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that – the other guy is – is the other big question with the Saints. And, look, I don't think the Saints pick edge rushers. Like, again, that's another thing I just – the Saints don't ever – they pick defensive ends. You think Miles Murphy's a defensive end? To me, he's an edge rusher. No, I think he's an edge rusher, yes. I don't think but the Saints okay. pick edge well, rushers. They, 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 they picked edge rushers before. I mean, who's the, uh, 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 who's the cat with, you know, the, the crazy name they picked in the second – no, I get it. He picked him in the second round. But he, he lasted one year. The edge rusher from uh, – where was he from? Oregon. Oh yeah, yeah, Kakaha. Yeah, Kakaha. Yeah. Yes, Benny, you picked him like you know, five, six years ago. Yeah. I mean, you haven't picked one in the first round, but I mean, again, how, how long have edge rushers been in vogue? You know, so I mean, it's not like we're going back. It's not like quarterback. When you say the Saints haven't taken a quarterback in the first round since you know Archie Manning, well, okay, that's fifty years. You know, but you know, edge rushers have been in vogue. You know, maybe ten years. You know, so I. But even before then, the Saints picked Joe Johnson type defensive ends when they draft him. Even going back into the nineties, they just, you know, the Darren Howard kind of defensive ends. They don't pick these. I just, I just don't know if Miles Murphy's even on their radar. Well, Trey Hendrickson's kind of an edge rusher. You know, that's that's another guy. You know, I mean, I I just, I not only is he, I, I just don't think that at number twenty nine you're doing a smokescreen. You know, they're trying to make people think. And they brought him in for the most visits of anybody. Or I, I say brought him in. You know, Zoom calls, you know, whatever. But Miles Murphy has, has, has generated the most interest from the Saints than anybody. Now, does that mean they're going to draft him? No. I'm just telling you that they have, you know, in, in terms of visits, in, in meetings, Zoom meetings, and all that other stuff, I, I mean, Miles Murphy has, has generated more interest in the Saints than anybody on the board. You know, uh, you know the other guy that that I mentioned, the uh, the defensive tackle, Kinsey, Kalaji, uh, uh, You know, from uh, from Pittsburgh. That's another guy. You know, and, and people might say, "Oh, well, you know, that could be a smokescreen. That doesn't mean a whole lot." And I get all of that, but I mentioned Marcus Davenport earlier. You know, he 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 met with the Saints a lot. He did a lot of visits, and all of a sudden, you know, they they drafted him, and a lot of people say, "Well, you know, we should have saw it coming." So, in other words, what you're telling me is the Saints aren't going to draft anybody. <laughs> no, I'm just telling y'all this one thing. If the Saints pick a Clemson player and he, one of these Clemson guys and he's a bust, I'm going to be angry. Like, if they pick, um, you know, Lucas Van Ness or somebody I'm in, and they become a bust and I'm not going to be angry, I'm just going to be I'm disappointed. If they no, pick know, one of these Clemson guys, I, I'm going to be angry because they have bust written all over them. I know, I know what you're doing. I've known you too long, Kat. Who do you think you're talking to? You're convinced 
or you're guarding against the fact of you getting really upset. You don't want the Saints to take a tight end. And you're scared to death that they are, so you're trying to you're trying to brace yourself for what you think is the inevitable, and you're saying, oh, well, there's no way they're going to take a quarterback. There's no way they're going to take a wide receiver. There's no way they're going to take an offensive lineman. They're not going to take a – you're going through all this because you're convinced that the Saints are going to take a tight end. Just admit it. Well, I don't know about the tight end example, but you, which your premise is, is correct. Yes, your premise yeah, is, yeah. Is, is usually correct. All right, so we'll yeah. see what happens next no, no, week. No, it's not we'll usually be... correct. It's always correct, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. We'll see what happens next week. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Have a, uh, as always, it's been your pleasure, Kev. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Footnotes. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Steve, yes, may be right on Joey Porter, but I don't think so. Boy, but that'd be something. Like, like st- if the Saints picked Joey Porter, which would not have been on anybody's radar, then Steve gets, um, you know, the non-curveballs um, guy of the year. I mean, uh, that would be unbelievable if that happens. All right, so we're going to take one little break here from NFL Draft Talk today. Talk to our old friend, Mr. Craig Melanson. How are you, sir? I am doing great. Cajuns on a two-game winning streak. Reds on a three-game winning streak. And uh, the Reds head out west to to play a team that's more inept than they are. So it oh, should, you, hopefully it'll be a good weekend. You played A's this weekend? Yes. So, But, no, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank you. The Reds beat, the, for some reason, found the Rangers number, beat up on the Rangers. We appreciate that. Yeah, and I didn't. When we talked yesterday, I didn't realize the game had already been played. Uh, they had an afternoon game, uh, and and so the Reds were able to take that one. So, if I'd have known that, I'd have been even happier last night. Oh yes, so. go 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 Reds! All right, the, my first statement having to do with Cajun baseball is, you know, Coach Daggs had a little bit of a testy presser, post game presser. Uh, on Tuesday after the win over Southern. He didn't like the way his team played, and some people were kind of taken back by it. I'm like, to me, he hasn't done that enough this year. I I expected it more this year with the ups and downs of this team. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't just Tuesday night. It was the three games prior, too. So this was building, I think, and he wasn't happy. So I think sometimes he – needs to light a fire under the team and uh and most of those guys i'm sure don't listen to the press conference but um yeah i think i think i think they heard it as well though in the dugout well plus i'm sure he had his version of that in the post-game talk before he went to the press conference and so again coaches are supposed to get mad sometime like this isn't like you know ballroom dancing here i mean you're supposed to get mad sometime yeah, and and you can see that on the field when he's coaching third as well. If something happens when a guy comes off the field, even if he's thrown out, he may give him a, a tap and he says, you know, that's okay, that's on me, whatever that is. 
but you can tell when he's not happy because those guys don't go running next to him and he's not looking at them. Was it last week, I think, we were discussing it's time for Connor Higgs to be in the lineup? Man, is he crushing it. You know, and I a, after we spoke last week, you know, I did some research on Connor and I was going like, okay. So I texted you Friday morning and said he needs to be in, in the lineup as well. I see that now. And, and the funny part is, I shouldn't say funny, but, you know, once he's he's there, he looks – he he still looks awkward to me in the outfield and looks like he hasn't grown into his body. But, man, once he starts running, uh, that little blooper he had on, on uh, Tuesday night to get to second base, I was it, was it was one of those things I said, no, 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 great job, you know. He went back on the ball. Like, I was a little worried about him defensively, but he went back on the ball last night, like in the first or second inning, and I'm like, he looked pretty good on that one. So I – I uh, no, I I definitely think and and he is he is hitting it really hard right now, which is good to see. All right, so everyone's trying. Look, if you didn't believe, if you didn't really believe, and I think a lot of people are still trying to process what what um, the plan that the coaching staff, Coach Deggs and Coach Thibodeau, have come up with for the pitching for this week at least. If you didn't believe it, look, your normal Saturday night starter, Jackson Azu, started last night's game. So that means, and he pitched two innings, and he struck out five. Now he threw too many pitches, about 49, 50 pitches, but um, in two innings because they kept – Northwestern State fouled off 13 balls in the first quarter, in the first quarter, in the first inning last night. (laughs) 13! So anyway, um, but you can tell he's going to, he's going to, he's going to pitch him there and then he's going to pitch him again probably on Saturday. The same thing, two or three innings, a true bullpen approach. Yeah. um, I I just think if you're going to be coastal, you have to keep their pitchers uh, their their hitters off balance, and the only way to do that, I think, is to throw multiple arms each evening. Will this work every time we go out? Probably not. But what happened at, at James Madison didn't work. So why not try something different? And you know, it didn't work against Troy or App State either. So uh, you know, Campbell, and of course, it turns out Campbell's pretty good. But anyway, uh, the 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 other thing, the only if the, man, well, there's several things about that that are concerning. The problem is, and Dawson kind of has this mentality sometimes, is that what this requires is that somebody's not going to go out there and walk three or four batters and just be off that day. So you have more you have more options for guys having an off day when you do it this way. I agree, but at the same time, if you're playing the rest of this season for postseason going into tournament play, you are going to need a lot of arms in a very short period of time. And the more innings we can get some of this bull, the bullpen in this weekend and over the next three or four weeks, I think the better off we'll be in Montgomery, if that makes sense to you. All right, so the other name that has kind of creeped in a little bit that was not even on my radar, maybe it was on your radar, and he pitched last night, is Stephen Cash. Do you think he plays more into this whole plan, if especially if it has some level of success and they move on with it, than some of us are thinking? 
Uh, absolutely. Uh, I, when you started asking that question, that was the first name that I came up with was Cash. I think he is a wild card. I think he's got an option to to really prove that he he can he can pitch. I think he's a good option for us, and hopefully he continues to pitch and pitch better each each week that or each game. I don't know that I have time to go down this road, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you a superstitious guy? I mean, you're an old school baseball fan, and most baseball fans are superstitious. Would you consider yourself a superstitious baseball fan? I will say it this way. Yes. Do I think what I do affects the team? No, but if we lose a game... I will not go into the same gate the next day. I will find another gate to enter. If we lose uh, multiple games and I'm wearing my red shoes, they will not be there on Sunday. So I, I don't think it has anything to do with the play, but at the same time, why take a chance? Um, last night, Stephen Cash threw a good first inning, his second inning at two on and nobody out, and somebody in the press box said something, and then they compounded it by once he gave up, you know, they had a no-hitter, and so they got a hit. And then right after that, the guy says, well, at least the shutout is in good shape. And then, of course, he gave up three straight hits with two outs, and everyone, most of the other people in the press box were really mad at him as if what he said impacted what happened on the field. Which way do you fall? Was it his fault or no? No, I, I think talking about things like that does. I, I mean, I said I'm I'm more on the on, on the ritual side, I guess, than I am on talking about a no hitter and all that. So, of course, someone said last night where the game is flying by, which I like saying sometimes and getting everybody angry. And uh, and the last midweek game was a three hour affair when it hardly ever is. Uh, had the teeth. That so. I do agree with. You should never talk about the speed of the game. <laughs> All right, sir. <laughs> We're selective in our superstitious rituals. All right. Exactly. I appreciate your time as always, sir. All right. Thanks, Kevin. We'll see you at the ballpark this weekend. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, the game hotline, 706-0111, 706-0111. So, look, we're going to have the entire 10 o'clock hour open hotline. Call in, tell us what you think the Texas is going to do. Tell me why, you know, I'm not considering the right – what Saints – my state, my bullpen, or my consider options for the Saints are wrong. You know, I've heard. You know, we talked about Kalijah Kansi a lot early on in this process, a lot. Like he was one of the early favorites, and then we've kind of decided over the last three or four weeks that it's just not there. So now I'm hearing his name again. Like, 
Kalijah Kansi, I just first of all, I don't think he's going to be there because I think there are teams like Seattle comes to mind to me where I think he kind of fits into the way they think about deep playing defense. So um, I kind of think he's going to be going to some place like that, but um, that would be shocking to me. It really it would. I I, I would be a little surprised. Um, certainly also would think about, um, you know, where you think Bajan Robinson's going to go. Um, again, a lot of mocks are saying Falcons, you know, the Falcons theoretically have a plus tight end. They theoretically have a really good young receiver in London who they drafted last year. Great name, by the way. And they are in a position here if they if they do draft Bajon Robinson, have a plush running back. And they already have good running backs. To me, I like some of their young running backs. But man, like that's that's getting to be a uh, that could get to be a little bit of a uh, of a scary skill set. They don't really have a quarterback, but they might get one this year or maybe next year. Or if they go with Ritter, at least they'll be surrounding them with some talent. So that's a little on the scary side there. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Hello, sir. Hello. I'm Sean from Lafayette. How you doing, sir? Good, sir. Nice. Nice to meet you. You too. Um, I guess maybe we'll start off with the Houston Texans. Okay. Uh, in my in my opinion, uh, I think that the two quarterbacks, uh, C.J. Stroud and uh, Young, should go the first two two picks. Because I mean, you have another pick, right? So uh, and you could get uh, you know a defensive lineman edge rusher later. You know, there's a lot to me. There's a lot of depth in that because uh, I was doing a lot of. Uh, you know, uh, simulation uh, draft picks. I'm, I've been doing it all week. I'm kind of big on that. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so I just, I think, and they, even with the Saints, I think they could trade back, and I think that they they could get some good uh, depth. There's an edge rusher from uh, uh, Army, I think, or one of those schools that uh, I looked at. So uh, there's some some depth to me in defense, especially edge rushers. I don't think we need Murphy in the first round. I think we could uh, we could get a good defensive lineman, even a tight end. I think we should get a good tight end in the first round or the second round. Kincaid, if we could, and I think we'd be set because I think once we get that tight end and that uh, that defensive lineman and rusher, I think we should get a running back in the third or fourth round, like a Spears or whoever. And I think we'd be we'd, we'd have some good lineups, you know. Um, I think that uh, if we get the wrong player in the first round, I think this is, is going to be like a domino effect, you know? Now, now really so, believe... so w- what would be wrong? Like when you say get the wrong player, who, who would you be worried that they would get that would fall under that category? Man, I'm not the, I'm not the biggest. So I, I was listening to you talk. I'm not the biggest on Kansas. I looked at him. He's kind of a smaller guy. I'm bigger on uh, Breezy. I'm Brees, uh, but I'm also I'm also big on the guy from Iowa State, at the, uh, McDonald. So I think he would be a great edge rusher. Um, but I think uh, Clancy, I don't know, man. I'm not big on him in the first round. 
I'm more big on Cynthia in the first round, the tight end, and then get you a, a defensive lineman in the second round. Because they got more defensive linemen. I think we look at – well, I think we're jumping the gun is what I think if we get the defensive lineman in the first round. That's just my opinion. Oh, I understand. And no, I, there's a lot of them, and, and, you know, you certainly raised some interesting points. I appreciate you calling. Uh, enjoy the draft tonight. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, sir. Look, when he said – I, I I almost I almost violated my rule on this show, which we created last year. That you know that thing that he said that he thinks should happen. Um, I almost slipped yesterday and and considered it as a possibility. It's never going to happen, and we're never going to talk about it really until it actually does. One hour down, whole hour of open phone lines next. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Broadcasting live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Look, we were just talking about it again off the air. Stevie P, two years, two weeks in a row, brought up Joey Porter. We, Our goal on this show for over a month now was no curveballs. We got to talk about every scenario where we don't get a curveball. And if the Saints pick a cornerback, whether it's Banks or Forbes or Porter, if the Saints pick a cornerback, then, then Steve will have to get some sort of special footnotes program award here because, like, cornerback wasn't on any of our radar. Like we had, we hadn't really even discussed it, other than I, I threw out Emmanuel Forbes' name yesterday or the day before, almost in jest, just to make a point. That would be unbelievable. So, um, you know, I keep hearing people say that almost anything can happen. I just don't see the Saints draft that way. And look, I could be wrong. I'm just saying how I see it. I guess I could be wrong. I just don't. I just. I would be shocked if I'm totally off base on that. I, I think this. I think there are very few options. I don't get though. They now I get that they could pick, you know, this defensive tackle or this defensive tackle or this uh, defensive end or this defensive end or this guard or this guard. I just I'll be very surprised if it's not either a defensive tackle or a defensive end or 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 a guard like. People say, well, it could be just about anything. Well, I don't see that. Because I was thinking safety, and Luke kind of, you know, kind of brought me back down to earth saying the Saints never pick guys who don't fit on the the mold, the combine mold. And and Branch doesn't fit, so I've eliminated him. So I I, I just don't see what I I hear people say consistently it could be just about anything. I don't I don't agree. I think it's hardly not I think they have very few options. I just don't see it not being one of those positions. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey Kevin. Howdy. 
Oh, so you're ready, huh? It's finally here. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to finish my mock draft because there's three or four teams giving me. I, I just don't know what to. Do. I just don't know what to do. I'm thinking they're gonna go like you saying defensive line, or I think the safe, uh, a fairly safe pick would be to take the. Uh, uh, what's his name, Osiris, the, the lineman? If he's there, yeah. Yeah, if he's there. But I'm telling you, Kevin, what I really think is going to happen, and none of us know this, is who, like, what guy are they really in love with that kind of falls? And then they're going to trade up anywhere from, uh, I'd say anywhere from four to nine spots. Look for them to jump up to between 20 and 25 and go get somebody that they just really enamored with that that kind of fell a little bit or that they just feel like they got to go get him. Well, I I think Lucas Van Ness potentially could be that because he's a guy that could go top 10 and no one would blink an eye. I I mean, I guess you could say Bajon Robinson, but I just – I don't think Bajon Robinson's going to fall. I I think in a draft – where like we talked about, where like half the first-rounders are going to have second-round grades, I just don't think that many teams are going to pass on a top five or six-graded player in Bajon Robinson in a year like this, where half the first-round is second-rounders. I, I just yeah. I can't see him falling that far. I would like – I think there's a chance they could get Branch in the early to uh, 20s, and, and I'd like them to get him, but – you're saying that uh, Luke doesn't think so. Well, it's not just that. Luke is just saying what has always happened. The Saints don't yeah. pick non-combine guys in the first round. They well, pick combine guys in the first round. Up. But uh, let me give a little shout-out here for a second, too. Your, your boy, the guru, is going to be at the Saints uh, facility tonight, uh, you know, reporting live. He might have some good interviews. Who knows? Maybe get Mickey Lou. Well, may, maybe the guru can text us and let us know, um, you know, who, who's dropping off the board here. <laughs> but I just wanted to say if, if somebody's interested in getting more of a Saints perspective, they can watch the uh, live reports from the, uh, the uh, Saints facility tonight. The first round, they can be covering it. On your NOLA.com, you just go to YouTube and type in NOLA.com and it'll be, you'll, you'll be able to pull up the link and it's going to be live from like, I think, seven to the end of the first round. All right, so who's your prediction? I'm going to predict Osiris, if, assuming they don't trade up because I think they can get him and to me he's considered, didn't he, the highest-ranked guard? Well, in some people's mind, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, to me, I, I don't see how anybody could really complain about that pick. I mean, I'd like to say Cancy, but he's another one they're going to probably have to trade up to get him, right? Oh, yeah, I don't think Cancy will, will fall that far. And, again, he's not a combine warrior. He, he... Which the guy you keep saying, oh, that must be that guy, Adiba Wall or something? Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at at a bar I think. This supposedly takes into consideration all kind of stuff. And they give three the top three predictions for the Saints. They say thirty seven percent chance Will McDonald No chance. Um, uh twenty five percent chance Brian Breesey, yeah. the defensive tackle from Clemson. 
and a 12% chance the Devoir guy. Yeah, I think I think I think no chance on McDonald, but I think the other two are got a really good chance of happening. All right, let me get to another one. Thanks for the call. All right, Kev. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello, Kevin. Yes, sir. The man CBP not only said Joey Porter, he said Sam Laporta. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is going? Is he trying to make us? Uh, is he trying to give us a heart attack? Does the man hate you? I thought y'all were thought y'all were close buddies. Y'all. We've been friends for a while. He's yeah, trying to give you a heart attack. <laughs> man, listen, there's nothing wrong with Joy Porter. I think he's going to be a great player. But once again, you know, uh, I don't think he's going to be there. And I, I, I surely don't want to trade up. Okay, Kevin, I got the ultimate. My ultimate. Okay, I'm going to give you my scenario. The ultimate, where I jump off the sofa and start yelling and probably wake up my wife because she will be sleeping by the end. She's aggravated with this whole draft thing. Robinson, Bajon Robinson, I'm going to jump off the sofa. And he's the only guy, the only guy that I want to trade that out, that I want to see a trade up for. I do not want to see a trade up for any of these other people. I mean, Kevin, they like you said, it's a it's a draft full of second round guys. The only person that I would trade up for is Robinson. And I don't think we can go that far because I think he's, okay. But Manny, but Manny, listen, t- I'm not saying you should change your opinion, but un- just consider this scenario. Just, I'm just throwing this out. The Saints okay. have a guard. Whether it's Osiris or Avila or any of these guys, they have a guard ranked on their grade way higher than all the other guards. Man, I don't know. And and, and guard, you could, everyone's saying defensive end, I could easily, or defensive tackle, I could easily argue that guard is the number one need for this team. Definitely. That's a very uh, believable argument. I mean, I think Avila and Torrance are the only two guards that I think are first-round guys. But, you know, they could be one of these guys that play tackle, slide to guard. You know, I, I mean, I, I could see, you know, trading up three or four to get him. I just don't want to give up too much. No, I, I'm, believe me, I'm with you. Yeah. Full of second-round guys. Okay. So here's my don't want. My worst scenario is Murphy. And if we jerk, pick Trade up to get Murphy. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna need a new TV. I can tell you that. <laughs> I'm with. You. Okay. So uh, I don't want Clancy. I, I mean, I'm not saying the guy's not gonna be a good player, but I just every time I see him on TV with those little T-Rex arms, I just get nervous. It makes Saints nervous. aren't picking that cat. No, I don't think so either. No. Okay, I'm okay with Smith, Maisie Smith. I, I just call second round. Adi, Adi, out of Bombay, out of Bamboo. I'm okay. I'm definitely okay with Avila Torch. But, okay, here's my pick. With the 29th pick, which I don't think they're going to stay there. <laughs> I can't believe. 29th pick, the same draft. What's his name? Brian Breesey from Clemson. Woo! And then he comes out on the stage. But, I listen, I, I really don't want him, but I can live with him because if he's, he's only 21 years old, if he's good, 
mean, he could be really, if he stays healthy, I think he could be really good. And, you know, he's 21. The guy could really be a monster in there if he could stay healthy. If they say mercy, man, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be happy, Kevin. And <laughs> Joy Porter, I could take Sam LaPorta. He's, <laughs> he's going to, he, he can't come back on the show if they draft Sam LaPorta. <laughs> tell him, I hope he's listening because tell him, he, I don't know if he knows who I am, but he knows who I am in real life, that he cannot, he's banned for at least six months until the World Series. If, if the Saints draft Can't even go in Vermillion Parish. The man will not be no, allowed no, in Vermillion Parish. I better not see him doing – I know he doesn't do that anymore. He's working for the – I don't want to see him doing a reporting, a sideline report or anything. I'm not even going to talk to him. Tell okay. Him we, can't, we can't speak. Okay. All right, man. All right. I'm ready. I got All my right. popcorn ready. All right. All right. All right. Okay, the thing about Brzee is this. He – I think he does have a lot of the skills that you want. I am down on him because he's missed so much time, and I'm so sick of Saints players missing time. But is it possible that when he comes to, to, to the pros that he wouldn't miss time? Of course. He also – I could see him being very impressive in an interview because when you've been through what he's been through recently – it, it changes you. Like, his sister died of cancer like a year ago or sometime recently. That just changes your perspective on life. Like, a lot of the silliness that probably some rookies uh, are, are have an ability to, you know, or kind of tend to have, he probably doesn't have that. He, I'm sure that gave him... And he might have already had that level of maturity. But when you have a sister at a young age die of cancer, I mean, that like, that changes your perspective on life. And I would think he's a lot more taking things, a lot more grounded, uh, taking things a lot more seriously, um, uh, wanting to seize the opportunities that life gives him because he saw how fragile it can be. And, and so th- there's that side of it that I could see the Saints interviewing him and say, man, this guy gets it. And he, I, that is in my mind, even though all along I've been saying these two Clemson guys have Bush written all over him. I just don't like the look of it. So, I, again, I, I would prefer him to Murphy. So Manny and I agree on that. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back with more. Something that somebody's going to say is going to have to sway me because I'm not swayed yet. We'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Whoa. 
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. The game hotline 706-0111. Look, I understand there's some people who are not as fascinated with the draft as I am. But here's the thing. It, it becomes something that, I mean, it doesn't die down. Like this week, I guarantee you, this week in circles, in 2023, Saints fans all over the region have talked to, have, have, have blurted out the names Russell Erksleben, Sean Knight. So how many things that are we talking about right now in the world of sports that 40 years after it happens, they're still going to be talking about? We're not going to be talking about, you know, LSU getting beat by Nichols or the Cajuns 40 years from now. But we're going to be talking about the uh, if you make a bad pick or a great pick in the NFL draft, we're still going to be talking about that 40 or 50 years from now if our Lord didn't come back by then. I mean, unbelievable. Sean Knight. The most, I still say the most underrated worst pick in Saints history. I think it was 74. May have been 75, but I think it was 74 draft. The Saints identified a linebacker they wanted. They identified a school that they wanted, Ohio State. And they picked the wrong one. They picked Rick Middleton, the very next pick, linebacker. Ohio State, Randy Gratishaw went to the Broncos, had a borderline Hall of Fame career. And the Saints, they couldn't, they couldn't, they they identified the school and the position, and they still couldn't get it right. I mean, that I still think that might be the worst pick in Saint history. Not that he was the worst player. But how do you identify the right position and the right school and you get the wrong player? Think about that. That's hard to do. That's what they did. So, and again, Rick Middleton, 50-something, about 50 years later, here we are talking about him. That's why, That's why to me, the NFL draft is just bigger than all this. Like, this stuff is stuff we're going to be talking about for decades. Decades. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Dude, how can you forget about Russell Erksleben? <clears throat> But again, at least Russell Erksleben, at least he was a he was an average to maybe slightly above average, probably just an. But at least he was a functional NFL punter. Now, who wants to pick a punter in the first round? I get that, but that's not what they were trying yeah. to do. They were trying to kill two birds with one stone, and it didn't work. But 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 I still say the Rick Middleton pick was worse. Well, it's a, to use a duck hunting analogy, it's like having a whole flock of teal fly in and you don't pick out a single bird and you just shoot into the middle of the pack open, you knock a bunch down and you get none of them. That's what they did with Russell Erksleben. And they wanted a kicker and a punter and they ended up, granted, he was a serviceable punter, but first round pick on a kicker, Kevin, you, it, you can't, 
you can't top that. Sorry. It's and I get Alvin Tolles was worse. Talk. I think Alvin Tolles and Rick Middleton were worse for different reasons. Like Alvin Tolles was a fullback, and they picked that guy as a, a first round linebacker. Yeah, you can you can constantly pick thank God Ireland showed up because our drafts got remarkably better once he became uh, you know, a calming force in the draft room or in the war room. So uh, it's fun watching what they do without Sean Payton's influence now. And I don't know how big an influence Allen has over Ireland and Loomis. I, I just don't know. Look, I agree uh, they've done Loomis. well, but but they've also, you know, if Payton Turner's a bust, that's a bust. And Davenport's a bust. So they're still – they do great after the first round. They don't always do great in the first round. All right, so – Tell me who you want the most, and of all the people being discussed, who do you want the least? Oh, I want Robinson the most, but, I mean, realistically, Atlanta's taking Robinson. I'm convinced of that. And like you said, they're going to have a skill skill set player group that's going to be hard to match up with. Uh, And they're all big, big, good players. So once they get a quarterback, it'll be really frightening. But uh, Robinson's the guy I want the most. I don't think Porter's going to be there. So you don't need to worry about uh, Stevie P's prediction. He'll be long gone. Um, Who I want the least? Uh, I'm kind of on board with you with the Clemson guys. I just don't want guys that that have the butt. He was, you know, he's a he's a great common guy, but he's injury prone. I'm just tired of injury guys. I want guys on the field. I mean, my mock is, I think they it's boring. They take Osiris in the first round. I think they go Mozzie Smith in the second round, the defensive lineman, because Attaboy will be gone. And then my third round pick is Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss. My wild card pick, Kevin, is tight end Washington out of Georgia. That's a big guy with a large catch radius, and Derek Carr could wear him out. Derek in the Carr second round or the first? In the second round. Yeah. I could see him. I don't think Washington uh, – I think he'll be there in the second round. Um, I think you've got to shore up that guard position. I really believe, just to, just to get – I really believe that all of these tight ends are not going to perform – this year, as a receiver, as good as Jawan Johnson, none of them. Oh, look, I love Jawan Johnson, but but the thing with Washington is he can actually block. Remember when tight ends oh, no. actually yeah, no used question. to block? Yeah, and Washington can block. He's a huge target. Uh, he'll be great in the red zone. He actually is a pretty good run after the catch guy. I mean, the dude's a freak. It's like Bigfoot on the field. So he's my wild card, and he may be there at forty. And if he is, they may not pass him up. But um, I, I think two running backs go in the first round. I think Gibbs is going to go in the first round at the latest to Philadelphia. I wouldn't be shocked if Buffalo takes them. And then my other prediction is I think Houston passes on a quarterback with pick two and probably still get one at pick 12. So it just makes more sense for those guys. And it's funny because if you remember, Houston fans were mad because they won the last game of the season. They could have had the first pick in the whole draft, and they end up going out winning a meaningless game in Week 17, and it cost them the first pick. Yeah, but I think they, they still get lucky because I think Will Anderson's the best player in the draft of of every position, and they could have him fall to him anyway, and then still get a good quarterback at uh, at number 12. I mean, Richardson may fall to 12. 
Or, um, or like right. we suggested earlier, if they're smart, they trade back into three and either pick Anderson and Wilson or pick their quarterback. If yeah, I was I them, I'd do that. You get somebody antsy and you trade. Indianapolis may be antsy at four and trade up to two. And then that leaves you either uh, the, the, the defensive end from TCU or it leaves you Anderson, whichever one you want to take. So. And remember, Ryan's a defensive guy, the new coach. In oh, Houston. no, absolutely. I, 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 absolutely. Don't. All right, I got to get to another call. Thanks for the call. It's finally here, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hello, let's go back to the game hotline. Hey, Foot, this is the guy from South LaFouche. How are we doing? Good, sir. How are you? Very good. I got my NFL hat on today. Okay. And I'm not going to make any predictions because I'm better at reacting and analyzing than I am at predicting. But I will tell you, I'm ready to yell, the pick is in 32 times tonight. <laughs> I like that. All right, so I know I don't expect you to predict, but is there anybody that you don't want from what you've heard? Or, or, are you, or, or is no one really kind of, uh, you don't, it's turned you off? Uh, well, listening to you, I hear you mention a lot that a, a tight end is not a good route to go in the first round. Is that that? Am I right on that? No, I agree. I I I don't. I'm. I love tight end is my favorite position, but I don't want it in the first round. Yeah, I don't think we need to go tight end in the first round. I, I think I'm gonna stick with you. You know, and and some of the other callers who say that um, we need to short up the offensive line, maybe go guard in the first round. So. We'll see what happens. But I wanted to, to address this also. Those of us over 50 are so caught up with the Russell Erksleben thing because it was a terrible pick at the time that we forgot about Sean Knight. Was he around, what, 1990 or so? 87. Wow, was it 87? Yeah, okay. but, 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 but the thing about Sean Knight was the rest of that draft was pretty good. They got a lot of good players that, le- that led to the, some success. And, again, Sean Knight was a bad pick, but they traded him pretty quickly. You know, they, they, they overcame that is what I'm saying. The next year they drafted Wayne Martin. They were fine. So I, I just yeah. think the, the overall impact of picking Sean Knight didn't hurt the team that much. Now, with this time of year, going back to you, Kevin, with this time of year being here and the NFL draft and everything, doesn't this mark three years you've been with us on the, on the game? Uh, it was. I don't know exactly when. That's a good point. It was right before the draft. It was right around this time. No, I think you might be right. Yeah, it was right around this time. Because the first time I called you on the radio station was the day after um, uh, Clyde Edwards here went over to the Chiefs, and that was after the 2019 season. So that would have been the 2020 it was right, draft, it, right? When I when I started, we the first the, the big thing was yeah draft preparation, no question. So I I think I think we might have just passed it up, or it's right around this time, no question. Yep. Well, glad to have you aboard, sir. Thank glad you. With you for, for all the last past uh, 20 years or so. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate all it. Right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I didn't think about that, but that's true. In fact, I I don't. I'm gonna have to go back in my notes because I I only have like two pages left in my thing in my big notebook here. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. 
We need a um. You'll probably sell that to a museum for a few million well, dollars. Man, huh? Yeah, I don't know about that, but uh, th- there's some good draft notes and different stuff in here that I probably could use in the future. So I don't want to throw it away, but I don't know that I want to tote it around every day too. Speaking of toting around. This guy, Spears, like how many people have you heard, I want the Saints to pick Spears? <clears throat> if that happens, that would be unbelievable. Now, that won't happen until Saturday, but yeah, if that happens, that would be unbelievable. Well, that's because a lot of Saints fans had their first year watching Tulane football ever this year. Some of us have been watching Tulane for a while, so I wasn't surprised by Ty J. Spears' emergence. That was a little shot at, you know, Tulane finally being good and people right. really supporting him. But, but... <laughs> Wouldn't you consider him more of a downhill runner, or am I am I thinking of him wrong? He's very elusive. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't call him. He's not really a power guy. He's more of a finesse guy. But he, <clears throat> I mean, the crazy thing is he turns inside and outside runs into big chunks just because of how many guys he makes miss. So he is, and you would consider him a plus pass catcher. Yeah, pretty good as a pass catcher. So he could – I was thinking he was more of an every down of the so, – so you think he could fit in with Williams? Yeah, no, I think he's a great compliment to Williams. I think, he could, I think he's comparable to Jameer Gibbs in a lot of ways, but you obviously you wouldn't have to invest nearly as much. And I think he's maybe a little bit better between the tackles than Gibbs. But, I mean, Gibbs – I think that's the other thing, too. People do think there's a situation in which Gibbs becomes a three-down back. Maybe not as likely as Bijan Robinson, but there's a scenario in which that exists. I I I think Gibbs is going to the Bengals right before the Saints. But you know, not a lot of us are talking about Gibbs. By the way, the boss has spoken. April the twenty second, so we're right right around just a few days ago, was our first show three years ago. So the guy from South Lafouche had a good memory. We'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Footnotes. Live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Again, the game hotline is 337-706-0111. If you have any convincing arguments about what the Texans are going to do, what the Packers are going to do, what the Falcons are going to do, or what the Saints are going to do, those are the ones that I'm really struggling with. Texans, Saints, Falcons. And Joey's convincing me, like a lot of other people, that it's going to be Bajon Robinson for the Falcons. So I'm really, I'm really struggling. I'm really at a loss. But wouldn't it be one of the great classic moments of all time? Like this has to happen tonight. That the it has to happen because of what the reaction would be. If after all of this that is going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, if the Packers pick a wide receiver in the first round tonight. The reaction of all the – I mean, it it would be priceless because I, I guarantee you Aaron Rodgers would say something. He'd have some sort of response to that. That would just be cla- – like, that has to happen tonight. Like, the Packers have to pick a wide receiver. That just has to happen tonight. 
I really, that would be hilarious. Now, I don't, I wouldn't think they're that high on um, on Addison, but the guy from Ohio State, I could see them. A lot of people have them picked right around there. I, right now, I had the Texans picking them if the Texans pick settle for 12. And so I, I think he could go there, but if they pick a wide receiver, that would just, I just don't think you could pick a tight end at 13. I, I just, now what would really be funny if they pick Sam Laporta at 13? Uh, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey Kev, how you doing today, man? Oh, I'm 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 a little worried, but I'm a little <laughs> fired up too. So we'll see. Well, well, you have to be fired up. I mean, the the, the Astros delivered on the Piper again last night. I mean, yes, absolutely, un- unbelievable. We um, are humanitarian. Hey, uh, we just helping teams out. That's all. That's what we do. We <laughs> we we live to serve. The Good Samaritan. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> Um, I'm just so disappointed they didn't remember your uh, anniversary and get you an unfrosted cake, though. Uh, I mean, that would have been good. You, you got to talk to Ray about that and my little, little, little makeup cake there. Uh, I'm good cool um, with that. Hey, uh, as far as tonight, Kev, I mean, I'm, I'm like, you know, you, uh, I, I, I can guarantee you one, one way you could, you could kind of eliminate some of the possibilities is ask the guys, have the Saints contacted you? Have you had a workout with them? If the answer is yes, take them off the list because they never pick those guys. There's always someone that says, I, I never heard from the Saints. You, yeah. know, I- you know what, though? The logic behind that is when they meet with guys, they they don't really like what they see, so they cross them off. It could be because uh, they supposedly they've met with uh, the, the pit D-tackle D- two or three times, but uh, I still think – I just have a feeling it's going to be out of a war, but that's just that's just me thinking that they like that outside speed. And some, you know, I'm not saying you draft to counter what Atlanta's going to do, but if you, or you know, if, if you're going to have Bijan Robinson in your division, you better have some, you know, some run stoppers too. You know, uh, but uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, what happens, obviously. But um, uh, I, well, two two things I wanted to just bring up the. The Sean Knight thing, I remember vividly in 87. I used to get the Times Picayune every day. And he went, he, he held out in training camp. You know, he was a prolonged holdout. And um, I remember reading that he was practicing on his own against lawn furniture. He was setting up lawn furniture in his yard, and that was the offensive line. And he, that's how he was practicing. And <laughs> unfortunately, when he got, got to the pros, it looked like it. Oh, absolutely. And I remember vividly they, they, they ended up trading him for Tay Gregory, who was Denver's big flop, and I think was picked maybe one or two picks ahead of yes. Sean Knight. It and, was flop for and, flop. Uh, flop for flop. Yep. But again, in that um, draft, the Saints got Lonzo Hill, who had a couple good years, Michael Adams, who was a valuable backup at corner for years, Steve Trapillo, who before he got hurt was on, just about an all-pro level guard. They got Milton Mack, who was a valuable uh, cornerback for years. They got Toy Cook, who started, and they got Gene Atkins, who's arguably the best safety the Saints have ever had. So they had a good draft overall, and then and then right after that, they drafted Wayne Martin. So I, I just don't think the negative impact of that bust hurt the Saints that much. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just it, it, all these things are uh, every one of those busts are kind of kind of relative. I mean, I, I don't know that any any of them set the franchise back for, for years and years. I mean, we've had some 
Look, we've had some worse drafts recently where uh, I, I don't know what it was, maybe even as recent as four or five years ago where there's nobody left on the, on the team from that draft, you know. Um, it's not like everything Loomis has done is, has, has been gold, but the latter rounds, you know, the, the second, third, and especially, you know, fifth and seventh has been really good. So, I mean, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I, um, uh, it brought back some good, some good and bad memories from, those, uh, from the poll question this morning for sure because I also remember the time when Jonathan Sullivan was inactive for a game uh, and uh, Hokie Gajon had told this story. The next thing, he looks up in the press box. There's Jonathan Sullivan. He's eating a hamburger. <laughs> 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 Going to the, to the press box. <laughs> that guy oh man oh he was a clown i mean he was terrible yeah, yeah you know i mean just no no work ethic no motivation at all you know um and i mean it's always you know hindsight's always twenty twenty. but but we'll see what happens but my, my last question and I'll, I'll hang up and, and listen well two things to see where you think i, I have no idea but Butte, you think fourth fifth round now he's probably fallen that far and if if playing the if game, if Alave and Penning were in this year's draft, where do you think they they kind of rank at their positions? And have a good night tonight, buddy. Let's we'll have a lot to talk about tomorrow. All right, thanks. I think Alave would be the first receiver taken uh, in this year's draft because uh, I don't think it's a great receiver draft, and I think Penning would be third behind. Um, the guy from Northwestern, the guy from Ohio, I think he'd be the third tackle taken in this draft. So I think those were pretty good, pretty good picks. I um, again, I I think wide. I would. There are a few people that have mentioned wide receiver. I would be a little more open if this was a good class. It just doesn't. None of these wide. I think Quentin Johnson from TCU has has bush written all over him. To me, I see a bust with him. I don't know. I, I like Jordan Addison, though. I will say that. But I, I don't think the Saints are going to be in the market there um, at all. But I do think the team that gets Jordan Addison, I think he's kind of fallen a little bit, but I still – I mean, like, I don't know if people – and, you know, it's funny we has it brought up earlier, people just kind of think about the last year. Like, Jordan Addison was a monster at Pitt before he transferred to USC and then had another pretty good year. So As of right now, I have him going to the Chiefs. That would be scary. To, be, going to put to him Chiefs. in that offense, it'd be scary. He could, again, a lot of it is where you go and uh, who you're around and how, you know, it's a team game. I know, I know a lot of people don't disagree with me on or disagree with me on that, but it's a team game. We'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Kevin Foote is a walking, talking encyclopedia of New Orleans Saints history. No. Seriously. After that is 2013, which I call the Forgotten Saints season because in so many people's mind, the Saints' streak of good football ended with the Bounty Gate season. And it's not just recent history either. In 88, they finished 10 and 6, tied for first place in the division, did not make the playoff because they got cheated by a blind official named Fred Silver who absolutely cheated, uh, stole a game on Sunday night in a 13 to 12 loss to the Giants with his either blindness and ineptness. 
dishonest or cheating or whatever you want to call it. I think he was just blind and senile. We return to the man who's forgotten more Saints history than you will ever know. Kevin Foote and footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. Our last segment before the NFL draft first round tonight. I think I have decided to well, buy the hype and, and and pick a defensive player for the Texans. Now I have to decide between Wilson and Anders. Well, I just wanted to say that you you always comment on the music. I played New Kid in Town for us there because there's going to be a new kid in town in New Orleans. Oh, I like a, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't. Well, my mind I was a little distracted. <laughs> I I apologize. That 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 was that was that was a nice touch. So um, so I guess before we leave the show for today, we got to at least make a Saints prediction. And and you said you kind of made one on RP. Well, I talked about Adabare, and I thought that was where I was going in my head. But then I heard some of the Mickey Loomis comments, which didn't change much because I already knew it, but then it always kind of reinforces it when you hear him say it again, the guy himself that will be making the pick. So I think the Saints are going to move up. I think they're moving up, and I like the situation. Now, again, and we were kind of discussing in the break, there's a lot of variation in the mocks this year, and there's always variation. But, like, this year there is, like, some huge differences in what certain guys think of, of yes. players in the first round. You got guys projected at number 10 by one guy and by at number 30 by another guy. And, you know, and some guys have different rounds entirely. So Lucas Van Ness, a guy who's been projected as high as 10, as low as 32 or wherever else, I think the Saints, I think they start to see him slip in the early 20s, and I think they package up a deal to move up about six or seven spots and take him somewhere in that 20 to 25 range. You know, and again, I we've talked, we've mentioned Van Ness's name a lot. But I I don't have I don't have a strong opinion. I I think I've been kind of thinking for the last two or three weeks that he's going to be picked before the twenties, and so I didn't I never I didn't really I haven't seriously considered uh, like him dropping far enough for the Saints to get him. But again, I saw a mock this morning that had the Saints picking him at twenty nine. Um, him, probably him or Murphy will slip that far. But again, I consider Van S more of an option than Murphy. I, I mean, do you see some Hendrickson in him? Is that, is that what, what, a little bit? Yeah. Like he's, he's, and you know, that he's got this, the, the Cam Jordan type height. Yeah. But he's a little he's slimmer. He's six five. He's in he's in the mid two seventies, so he's still got some athleticism. He runs a four five eight, so he's quick too. But he's kind of a hybrid guy, power and speed. Which, if the Saints are going to venture away from their mold, I would imagine they do it slowly, right? So maybe they take a hybrid guy first before they just go into taking a smaller edge speed rusher. So I think maybe this guy kind of fits a couple of different boxes they're looking for. And he's from Iowa, so he has to defend the run, right? You can't be from Iowa if you don't right played in the played Big a Ten run game. And, and Iowa, you know, yeah, no, like I just like all the, everything about it. And I, 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 he's a guy in the past couple of days. Like I really was, I didn't consider him at all. Like you, I didn't, I didn't even think about it. But now the more I've seen it, and again, there's still part of me that thinks he goes in the top fifteen because I think other teams are going to see that he's. 
He's kind of a blend. He's not the biggest combine guy. He doesn't have the most production, but he's got a pretty good combination of both. So I think a lot of teams are going to really like that. He seems like, again, like more of a high floor pick. Maybe his ceiling isn't as high as some of the rushers in this class, but I think he's going to be a good player. I didn't have him. My four when I got up this morning were Adabare, Brazil, Avila, and Torrance. And the more I think about it, Again, we don't know how many of the guard. The more I think about it, the Saints are going to pick a guard in the second round. I could see them picking whichever one falls. And look, it's possible because of the position of guard, which is not a popular position for a first round. It's possible they'll both be there at 40. Remember, the Saints pick pretty early in this process on Friday, which is going to be complicated because we're going to be at the Cajun game. Um, That I don't like, but... Um. I, I so I I kind of think it's gonna. I think my official prediction. I got to decide between Brazil and and Adabare, and and I think. I think I think I'm gonna go with your original thing, Adabare, just because it's gonna be fun. You know what? It it would make me feel better for all the time we've put in to try to pronounce his name correctly. And sometimes I feel like I do good, and then sometimes my mind goes gets all cramped and I and I say it wrong. Though wouldn't that be funny to hear a lot of a lot of old Cajun like I, I can imagine my papa if he was still living trying to announce his pronounce his name. Yeah, no, it, that will be uh and we'll see how it's pronounced on the stage. And uh Goodell I'm <laughs> yes. sure has been running through that one a couple of times. I'm sure he's had that one circled. Yes. But like like Steve Mitchell and Will McDonald, I don't I just I just don't think the Saints I don't think edge rusher is part of the Saints deal. I just, I think, I don't see that happening. I just know that if it's Sam Laporta, it's going to be a special kind of funny and funny aggravation tomorrow on the show. Really, you know, oh man, we will see. And then if the unthinkable happens, no, we can't even talk about that. Y'all have a nice day.